This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. In the shotgun. Carr's going to throw. Pumps. Looks end zone. Throws for the end zone. Wide open. James Jones. Touchdown. Raiders. I'm not a big gambler. I only play the slots. Because you know what they say. Scared money. Don't make money. And I got scared money. Rodgers to the end zone. Caught for the touchdown. James Jones. John Gruden has not coached since 2008. So what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level? You know, and it's just Cali swag. What's good, Raider Nation? This is Keeping It 300, brought to you by Blue Wire and our friends at Blue Chew and BetOnline.ag. I'm Fallon Smith with my guy, James Jones. How's it going, JJ? What's going down, man? I'm just living the dream over here, trying to be like you, man. You know, just go on my daily walks while I'm pregnant, just living the best life. <laughs> well, you're definitely not pregnant, <laughs> nor could you actually ever be pregnant. But yes, I just got finished with my walk. We ain't going to tell the people how we were supposed to do this uh, podcast in the morning, and now it's the evening. I know we ain't going to bring that up. Why are you even bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> well, we are recording this on Friday evening, May 8th. Uh, last night, the NFL released the 2020 NFL schedules, so we will discuss the Raiders' 2020 schedule and also answer some of your mailbag questions. So let's get right to it. So we already knew who the Raiders would play. We just didn't know when. And for the first time in franchise history, the Raiders will host four prime time games. So that is pretty Ooh, cool. Hey. Yeah, Las Vegas getting all that hype. So obviously not much of a surprise considering the big move to Las Vegas. All eyes will be on the Raiders and their brand new nearly $2 billion stadium, Allegiant Stadium. So let me go through the schedule real quick. I'll actually start with the preseason. Um, these dates and times are not um, actually out still to be determined. But first up, preseason at Seahawks. Then you got at 49ers, so back to the Bay, which will be exciting. And this is actually the first time, James, not sure if you knew this, the first time the Raiders and the 49ers face in the preseason in nearly a decade. I don't know if you remember, but it used to be an annual preseason rivalry game until all those fights broke out. Remember at Candlestick, I think it was 2011. And then Uh since that season, they canceled that annual rivalry game in the preseason but they're bringing it back so that's pretty cool um all right so week three preseason home versus cardinals and home versus rams now to the good stuff the 2020 regular season schedule pretty excited about this so week one september 13th at panthers 10 a.m start 
Pacific Standard Time, of course. Uh, week two, the Raiders, home opener in Las Vegas. Monday night football, Drew Brees and the Saints. Oh, man, I'm there. Yeah. Well, are you going to be there? We'll see. I'm there. I'm going <laughs> down the street. I am there. <laughs> week three at Patriots. So Bill Belichick and the Tom Brady-less Patriots. 10 a.m. kickoff for that one. Week four, home versus Bills. 125 kickoff. Week five at Chiefs. To note, October 11th, this is significant. More on that in just a bit. Uh, Week six, they have a bye. Week seven, at home, Sunday night football versus Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Sunday night football, another primetime game in week seven. Week eight, at Browns, 10 a.m. kickoff. Week nine, at Chargers in their new stadium. Uh, 105 kickoff. Expect a lot of Raider fans there. <laughs> week 10, home versus Broncos at 105. Week 11, home versus Chiefs on prime time. Sunday night football game. Pretty exciting. So three straight division games. It's going to be tough right there, but at least they wrap it up on prime time against the Chiefs at home. Um, week 12 at Falcons, 10 a.m. start. Week 13 at Jets, another 10 a.m. start. So back-to-back East Coast games, assuming they're just going to stay on the East Coast for that little stretch right there. Week 14, home versus Colts, 105 start. Week 15, home versus Chargers on Thursday night football. So their final primetime game of the season, their fourth primetime game. Um, and then week 16, home versus Dolphins. That's still to be determined because that's around Christmas time. So I'm sure it depends, you know, um, how the playoff pitcher is going to be looking at that time to determine when those games will be played, but either December 26th or December 27th. And then they'll wrap up the season for the second straight year in Denver against the Broncos in week 17, 125 kickoff. So, James, not too much to complain about. Looking much better than uh, last year when they didn't play at home for six straight weeks (laughs) and they don't have to go across the pond. And obviously they wouldn't because all the international games were canceled this year. And three of their final four games are at home for the first time since 1997. So that's a great way to wrap up the regular season, especially if you're in the playoff hunt and those four games are must wins. You have a favorable schedule there. And my favorite part is they don't play in Kansas City in December. <laughs> so we don't have to discuss, you know, car and cold weather games in KC. It's going to be perfect football weather in October in Missouri because, well, I live in Missouri, so I should know. But October weather is perfect football weather. Um, it's actually the first time, get this, I don't know if you know this, but the first time since 2013 that the Raiders visit the Chiefs before December. Oh. Which means for Carr's entire career, since he got drafted in 2014, he has played in Kansas City in December, and we know he hasn't won a single game <laughs> in December at Arrowhead. So, nice little break, and I'm sure he's pumped up about that. Aside from all that, what stands out to you on the schedule? Well, I mean, the schedule tough. For me, it's, I mean, it's the South Division, man. That's a, that's a very good division. So, you're talking about four tough teams in the South. I mean, Carolina's going to be better. The Falcons are going to be better. Obviously, Tampa's going to be better. And obviously, you have the Saints. So, my thing is, if they could come out and they can win two of those games, Against them South teams in that South division, I feel like they'll do well in their division, and I feel like they'll win a couple other games 
outside of the division to put themselves in the hunt for the playoff push. But that's South Division. Those four games on that South Division, that's a bit, That's what I'm looking at. How are you going to handle the South Division? Because those are four going to be improved football teams over there in the South. Well, let's break it down in quarters and see – uh, yeah. How they're going to finish in each quarter, because I know you ball players like to look First at... First coda. Exactly, because I know you guys like to look at seasons in quarters. So we'll give uh, predictions for each quarter and then see what we come up with for the final uh, regular season record. So week one at Panthers. So remember, you got a new head coach in Matt Rule. You got Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback. And of course, you got the beast in Christian McCaffrey. Week one at Panthers. What do you got? Week one. I'm just gonna go through this for this first quarter right here. The okay. first quarter. The first quarter right here. They stay open up with the Panthers. That is a W. Okay. All right. I'm saying the Raiders are gonna win that ball game. The Raiders know who they are, okay. right? Okay. You know, ain't ain't too much change for them. They got same head coach, same offense. Everything's yep. really the same. They got a couple shiny new toys over there. Okay. We're gonna unleash these toys. This is a Panther defense that is finally gonna take the field without Luke. Keekly, you know what I mean? So they're going to be trying to search for their identity, you know, to open the season. Raiders win that ball game right there, and they start off 1-0. Then you got Drew Breezy yes. and the Saints. And right? Michael Thomas, oh, Lord. And Michael Thomas and, and Alvin Kamara and those boys coming to town. And I'm saying this is early. This is early statement game right here. This is early statement game. And I'm saying they find a way. They find a way to ground and pound and win this ball game and make it ugly and win an ugly ball game. And I'm talking ugly. I'm talking 20 to 17, something like that, where they just make this game grimy and ugly, keep the ball out of Drew Brees' hands, get a couple turnovers, and they start off 2-0. Okay. Now Patriots. New look Patriots. New look Patriots. No Tom Brady. We read in our press clippings, everybody is Raiders is the real deal. Here we go. D.C. slanging it all over the yard. They running the ball. Josh Jacobs, they got it going. And then they lose? <laughs> they get beat. Okay. Then they get beat. Okay. All right, I'm going to say the Patriots find a way to win that game without Tom Brady. And, yeah, it'll be a close one. It'll be some mistakes that the Raiders probably make, you know what I mean, to beat themselves. Okay. I'm going to say it's going to be close and they'll be 2-1. Then right. I'm going to say Buffalo. And Buffalo, to me, is one is going to be a very, very, very good football team. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying you get slapped in the mouth by the Patriots, you come back strong, you fix the things you need to fix, and you find a way to beat a very good Buffalo Bills team. And I'm saying the first, the first quarter, you are 3-1 and one going into the second quarter, and you're feeling pretty happy about your start. Okay, so 3-1 first quarter. I like that. But then at Chiefs, week five. And I did mention how it's going to be beautiful weather at Arrowhead. But guess what? They're still the reigning Super Bowl champs, and they're at home. So (laughs) I think that's an L. But what about you? Well, I like it. First division game. All right, you 3-1. and All right, we got to prove something. You know, when anybody sees the Kansas City Chiefs on their schedule, you're going to get the best punch from the other team. Why? Because I've been there before. You Super Bowl champions, everybody wants to measure up against you. Where do we rank up right now against the Super Bowl champions? This is the team that was the best of the best last year that won the whole dang thing. So let's go in there. Let's hit these boys in the mouth. Let's come out here with a W and see where we're at as a football team. And I'm saying the Raiders go in here and they win a tough football game. On the road, huh? On the road, they win a tough football game. All right. I believe they got the firepower to compete with these boys now, man, especially on the offensive side of the ball. 
So I'm saying this will be a high-scoring game, but they're going to compete and come out of here and win this game. And then Tom Brady, they're going to slap Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hold on, hold on. So they go into the bye, though, 4-1. They go into their bye, 4-1, feeling good. Yeah. Then it's week seven at home, Sunday night football against the Bucs. Yeah. You're talking about Tom Brady, Gronk, Godwin, Mike Evans. They're slapping them in the mouth? Yep, I'm talking about that because okay. I'm not a believer in Tom Brady like everybody is a believer in Tom Brady. I like it. You know, I believe in the now. You know what I mean? And looking at Tom Brady, last year he wasn't that good okay you know what i'm saying so he might come out this year this is week five he might our week six he might come out this year i mean in the beginning of the year slanging it all over the field but i'm saying it's a lot of people in that organization that's gonna have a little chip on their shoulder okay. you know what i mean with tom brady coming in town and one of them being Derek carr and he gonna go out there and light that thing up and play lights out and play good football and i'm saying that the world is gonna be talking about the oakland raiders because they're five and one because they five and one, but not only that, they just beat two very good football teams. Well, one very good football team because we can't crown Tampa Bay just because the roster they had. Because yeah, if true. I do remember, true. the Philadelphia Eagles said they put together a dream team in Vince Young's words, and they got slapped every single week. So I'm not ready to crown Tampa yet. So true. right then and there, it's two good wins. But okay. to me, they beat one very good football team from right now looking at it on, on paper, and that's the Kansas City Chiefs. But they, they get past them. Then Week 8, Browns. Week 8. At in Browns. Into quarter number two at Browns. Now, I'm a believer in Bake Bake. Oh. All right. I'm a believer in Baker Mayfield. All right. So I'm saying we come off of two very good wins. We get beat up by Cleveland. I'm not saying beat up like we lose a lot. I'm just saying by a lot. I'm just saying we get beat up. We lose the game. All right. Could be by seven. Could be by three. Could be by 33. I don't know what it's going to be. Okay. But we're going to lose that game. Okay. All right. All right. So we're going to be sitting there at six and two, correct? No, five and two. Five and two. Five and two, we'd be sitting there entering quarter number three. Division, nope. well, technically, no, because week nine is the bye. So, or week six is the bye, but week, yeah, week nine is, is the, the eighth game. Yeah. So, let's do week nine at Chargers in their new stadium. At Chargers in the new stadium. Man, it's one thing about division games. Division games is tricky, man. They are very, very tricky. I'm saying the Raiders drop two. Okay, so you All got right, them five they, and three. They lose two in a row, all right? So through two quarters, they are five and three. Okay. But you like the Chargers also. I do like the Chargers. I like the Chargers' chances. But I'm just saying division games is tough to pick where they're going to go, man. It's all about kind of who plays the best that day. All right, so entering third quarter. You got week 10. Home versus Drew Locke and Jerry Judy in the Broncos. Yes. What we got? Dub Okay. W. All right. I love it. I love w, it. W. I ain't even going to talk too much about that game. W. Okay. the Raiders. It'll be tough. You got Bradley Chubb coming back. You got Von Miller. That'll be a much better improved defense over there, too, with Vic Fangio. But I'm saying the Raiders find a way to win that one. You're not going to sweep the Kansas City Chiefs, in my humble opinion. So the Chiefs is going to win that game. In prime right, time? Dig. Why couldn't you at least see? I wouldn't be mad if the Raiders lost their first game at Kansas City. Obviously, it would give them a lot of confidence. But you're on prime time at home, week 11 right. versus the Chiefs. Yeah. I want them to get that W. And it's all right. You ain't got to lay no egg. You can show the world we competed. All right. This game is okay. close in the fourth quarter. It's a division game. Chiefs come out and they win this game. It's tough to sweep a division opponent. You already beat them. All right. So they're 6-4. Right, and four. Them second time. So they're going to lose that one. All right. And here we go. Man, I've been talking about this South division, man. I'm, I'm ah. Okay. What you got? You know, I like <laughs> the Falcons. 
I like the Saints. I like the Panthers. I like the, I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, what you got here, though, Falcons, Week 12? I'm, I'm going to say they lose that game to the Falcons. Ooh, okay, so now they're 6-5. I'm going to say Julio and Matt Ryan, they lose that game to the Falcons, all right? Okay. And then you got two favorable games, in my humble opinion. The Jets, you'll win that game, all right? You were definitely going to win it because last year you went out smacked. there and you got smacked. You laid an egg. So Coach Gruden is definitely going to have that in the back of his mind, and that's definitely not gonna happen they're gonna finish this thing strong and win that game so seven and five through three quarters seven and five through three quarters all right and then the final stretch final stretch man is 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 really a blessing all right because i'm saying they're going they're going four and oh in the fourth quarter that's my prediction you're gonna beat the colts you're gonna beat the chargers you're gonna beat the dolphins and you're gonna beat the broncos again for a sweep all right, and you're going to be sitting there at 11 and five, and with a chance to punch your ticket into the playoffs and go compete. You know what I mean? And I believe, like you said, Fallon, three of these last fours at home, right? Yep. So we get to sleep in our bed, we get to focus, we get to eat our own food, we get to do all that good stuff. All right, and finish the end of the season strong, and finish 11 and five, and coming to these playoffs feeling good, playing very good football, and going there and see what we can do in the playoffs. So you really believe the Raiders are going to sweep the Broncos this upcoming season? I think the Raiders are easily going to sweep the Broncos mm-hmm. if they play the type of football that I believe they're going to play this year. Okay, I like it. But we still, the jury's still out. Remember last year, last week when we were giving our predictions, we were saying Chiefs will win the division and that two, three spot is going to be a battle. Yeah, and we were saying we believe, I believe three teams are going to come out of the West. I believe three teams are coming out of there. I don't know which I don't know which three, but this is a very good division. Three teams are gonna come out of this division and be playoff bound uh team. So I like the Raiders' chances. Looking at that schedule, I even like their chances a little bit more because I feel like they're going to win a couple of them tough games, like I said, and put themselves in position at the end of the season in the fourth quarter where you got three home games out of four to send yourself to the playoffs. It's gonna be a tough division, man. And honestly, I think if we're just going to make guesses here, it would be Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos. But I don't think you're giving enough credit to what the Broncos did this offseason and the weapons that they have on offense. So we shall see, though, James. Well, it comes it comes down to the quarterback position. Yeah, it does. All right. You like Justin Herbert over Drew Locke and company? I like the roster. Okay. All right. I feel like Justin Herbert has has more than Drew Locke has. I like I like the roster. You know what I mean? So we shall see. Yeah, we shall see. All right. So final record again. James believes the Raiders will be eleven and five. I think more so ten and six, nine and seven, but we shall see. All right, we have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will answer some of your mailbag questions. So stay where you are. Wire listeners, with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there is nothing to bet on, right? Well, guess what? You're wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker to blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Are you missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor also, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. It's all open 24 hours a day and all online. 
All you have to do is go to betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE and join today to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. So this is for all my male listeners out there. Guys, are you looking to last longer and maybe go a few extra rounds? Well, you need to get Blue Chew. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to a whole nother level. Yeah, they've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. And since they're chewable, they work even faster. You could take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Nope. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. If you visit BlueChew.com, you get your first order for free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. All you have to do is pay $5 for shipping. That is it. Again, that's BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, and use the promo code BLUEWIRE and get your first order for free. You won't regret it. All right, we're back. Time to answer some mailbag questions from Raider Nation. Thanks for sending them in. There are a ton of questions for you, James, so I'll start with this one. Jordan Smith wants to know, did James get his Ferrari with Ruggs, Bowden, and Edwards? I think I did, man. I think I did, especially what they already have there. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like you got three very good football players. Obviously, you got one that is going to blow the top off of it in Henry Ruggs. You got another one who's a Swiss Army knife, and you got another one who I believe is probably going to be the most underrated receiver out there. You know, because he can do it all, running routes and all that type stuff. Coming out of South Carolina, you've seen him running all the routes in the route tree. He was he was getting it done. So I'm excited about that. And then you're already going with Darren. Well, you're adding that with Darren Waller, Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro. And obviously you got a running game in there with a big-time O-line. So I believe they did. I'm liking the Ferrari. So we got to get it started. It ain't on the road yet. You yeah. know what I mean? It's in, the, it's in the garage and we we keeping it clean, you know, and all that. So when we bring it out, you know what I mean? We want all the all the people to look at it on that, on that Las Vegas strip. But you know what I'm saying? We, we ain't showed it off yet. So I'm waiting to see us show that thing off. So we're going to see how it is. But I definitely like what they did. Yeah, the entertainment capital of the world is ready for Raider Nation. We shall see. I'm excited about the offense as well. Um, moving on. At A.E. Garcia 9762, he said, What's good? Which position on defense and offense do you think will have the most competition? Also, still waiting on my Keeping It 300 shirt to ship. <laughs> well, one, thank you so much for copying our merch. Hopefully it gets to you soon. Yeah, I don't even got a shirt yet, brother. Do you see how we don't support his own people? Dang, I, I have like five shirts. But anyway. It's crazy that I got to pay for these shirts, people. No, you have a big <laughs> discount, actually. You could get one for like half the price. But anyway, <laughs> if you don't get your shirt, um, hit me up. I'll ask the guys uh at Design Tree, what's up? But it shouldn't take long to get to you. Obviously, this whole COVID-19 stuff is affecting all shipping carriers. So it's going to take a little longer than expected, but you will get it. I promise you. Um, As far as your question goes, let's actually just stick with the offense because, honestly, that's where most of the competition is going to be, James, in my opinion. Um, And, of course, that competition is going to be at wide receiver. 
Why? Look at all these freaking receivers you have on your roster. And guys who are the bottom are guys who contributed last year. So you have Henry Ruggs, Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro, Nelson Aguilar, Brian Edwards, Zay Jones, Keelan Doss, Rico Gafford, Marcel Aitman. Zay Jones is still on the roster? Yes. How about less? One, two, three, four, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So that's nine guys. So you're going to have Zay Jones, Doss, Gafford, Aitman all trying to make the roster. How many receivers do you think they're keeping this year, Jay? Oh, and with the new CBA, it's a 55-man roster now instead of a 53. So a nice little luxury to have two extra spots. But yeah, I did not know they still had Zay Jones. Zay Jones is making the roster. I'm telling you all that now. Okay, so what does that mean? With a year with a year under his belt to be able to learn Gruden's offense and what Zay Jones could do, Zay going to make the team. Okay, so we got <laughs> who's, who's not making the team. <laughs> I, think who, I think who's really... The, where the competition is going to go is going to be for that slot position. That Nelson Aguilar, that that Hunter Renfro, even though Hunter Renfro was a draft pick, I'm not saying he's going to get cut, but I'm just saying that's where the most competition is going to be. And then you draft the kid from Kentucky who is going to be in there in the slot and in the backfield and all that, doing all those little Swiss Army type stuff. The good news is he's going to be counted against the running back position, so he'll be fine. Yeah. But still, though, I mean, shoot, you're going to want to get him in there in the slot, too. But I think that's where a lot of the competition is going to come. You know what I mean? Tyrell Williams is making too much money, and he's an explosive guy on the outside. So when you already when you break out the huddle and it's two wide receivers, it's going to be Henry Ruggs and it's going to be Tyrell Williams. Okay. Three wide receivers come in there. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's either going to be you bump Henry Ruggs in the slot for some speed and you put Zay on the outside with Tyrell Williams mm-hmm. or you put are you putting either Nelson Aguilar or um, Hunter Renfro in there. But that competition at that wide receiver spot is going is going to be tough, man. For sure. You know what I mean? But if I had to tell you right now just off of keeping them, I'm saying the Raiders is probably going to keep five to six receivers. I'd and say receiver- closer to six. They got to. And the receivers, in my humble opinion, that's going to make the team is is going to be Tyrell, yep. Henry Ruggs, yep. uh, Hunter Renfro, um, my man from South Carolina. Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards. And uh, I don't think you said Aguilar. And, uh, and Zay. No, and Zay Jones. So we got we got Ruggs. We got Ruggs. We got Tyrell. Yep. We got Renfro. Yep. We got South Carolina. Edwards. <laughs> Edwards. And we got Zay Jones. Okay, that's five. Those, those are my five. The Doss, the... Um, Gafford, Aitman, and Aguilar. Gafford, Aitman, and Aguilar, they're going to have to fight. They're going to have to fight. You said that, like, I think a week ago, I don't know if it was last podcast or the podcast before, that Aguilar was going to be your secret weapon. I know. That's what I'm saying. But <laughs> I didn't know they still had Zay, though. So now, like I said, more explosive. If Nelson Aguilar is going to be the guy I think he's going to be, then yeah, he's going to make the ball club and make them explosive being in that slot. But I did not know that they still had Zay on the roster. Zay going to make the team. Yeah, and I think they'll they'll keep six. Like I said, they also yeah. have two extra roster spots. I think they'll keep six wide receivers for sure. At the Raider Fan 16, he said, as a former wide receiver, who do you see starting at the position midseason? In a dream world, what I would want. Yeah. Three wide receivers take the field in a dream world for Derek Carr. Yep. All right, we got three wide receivers hit the field. We got one running back in the backfield, Josh Jacobs, behind that big O-line. I want Tyrell Williams on the outside. I want Henry Ruggs on the outside. And I want Nelson Aguilar in the slot. That is what I want. Okay. That's 
That's some speed and explosive dudes coming at you when they all healthy and ready to play football. And that's tough to cover. Okay. Isaac Garcia, he asked if Rico can make the team, but you probably just heard there's no place for Rico Gafford on this team. I'm sorry. I know that he has the speed. That's why the Raiders signed him on the in the first place. He was used a lot on special teams. I'll never forget his touchdown last year. I think it was like a 50-yard touchdown against the Titans. But I don't think so, Isaac. Sorry. Um, I don't think he has a chance to make this roster this upcoming season. Um, all right. At Bourbon Raider, James. <laughs> Actually, these are a lot of questions for you, dang. At Bourbon Raider, James, do you think your guy Aaron Rodgers finishes his career with the Packers? And then his second question is, and can you share a story or conversation you had with Charles Woodson from your 2014 season? So first, Aaron Rodgers, does he finish his career with the Packers? Yes. You think Aaron so? Rodgers does finish his career with the Green Bay Packers. I believe Aaron Rodgers will win MVP this year because he has a chip on his shoulder. Everybody thinks this young kid is coming into the game extremely early and he going to show the world that he's still that dude. All right. Year two in the offense. He understands it more. I think he's going to come out. He's going to mess around and win MVP. Okay. All right. And I think he's going to play three to four more years for the Green Bay Packers. And that'll put him at 40 years old. And he'll go ahead and hang them things up. OK, we shall see. Um, all right. And the second part was, can you share a story? Or conversation that you had with Charles Woodson from your 2014 season with the Raiders? Uh, I won't necessarily say it's from my 2014 year season, but one story that I got with, with Charles and it always stuck with me over my whole career is when I was in my second year with the Packers and he was there, you know, I prided myself on running routes, right? Yep. So I feel like I, I, I got a 15-yard curl route. I come flying off the ball. I'm in and out of my break in two, three steps. And I come back to the quarterback. And next thing you know, Charles Woodson is running in front of me. And he intercepted that thing. <laughs> and I felt like I ran the best route in my life. Right? <laughs> and, you know, usually I always felt like, man, can't no DB guard me. Like, I would have to make a mistake. But I'm like, man, I felt like I did everything right right there. How did he still break on this ball and pick this thing off? So I had to go talk to him. So I, I, you know, offense on this side of the field, defense on that. I walked over there after we win. I said, hey, bro. I said, what did I do to, like, give you a sign that I was stopping? Like, how was you able to break on that ball like that? And he said, JJ, you came off the ball running with your head down. I knew you weren't going deep. I knew you was counting your steps or something. I knew you could stop. And at that point, at that point, I said, this dude good. He's the right? goat. The goat. I said, I said, this dude good. This dude, this dude smart. This dude good. So now, from now on, ever since, every time I went up with Charles Woodson, I came flying off the ball. You can't see me because it's a podcast, <laughs> but I came flying off the ball looking dead at him. <laughs> looking dead at him in the eyes. Like, you don't know what I'm going to do. I ain't looking up. I ain't looking down. I'm looking straight at you so you don't know what I do. And it helped my game. But when he told me that, I said, dang, this dude studies like that. Like, this dude good. And that's when it let me know like dude the nfl is real like these dudes this is their job and that's why this dude is so special but i'm like man i feel like i was out of my break like oh we i'm just i'm about to catch this thing i'm mixed charles he can't step in front of that i said no there's no way <laughs> that's crazy did you take that that advice and you know have it translate onto the field too? make sure your defenders didn't know absolutely whenever 
You know, whenever whenever I was running a route, I always was looking straight at the defender. Oh, that's crazy. My head down. And then sometimes I would put my head down when I knew I was going deep. Mm. Well, if you were a smart dude like Charles, I would put my head down and make you think like I'm counting them steps. I may even hesitate a little bit, Mm. you know what I mean, and go go by you. You know what I mean? But when he told me that, I said, this dude good. That will never happen again. Yeah, that's why he's the GOAT. Yeah. That's really funny. You had a lot of funny stories about Charles with the Raiders, but we don't have to get into all that. I think you shared it like back in the day because I made you the one where uh, you first got to the Raiders and uh, you guys were on the field and you were like, what is this? It was like super unorganized. And he looked at you and was like, welcome to the Raiders. Oh, goodness, yeah. That's very, that's very true, too. But I, I want to tell that story because that ain't, that ain't. You already told the story. Yeah, that ain't a good story. I don't want to hear that. I know, but that was the funniest story ever. You were like, what in the world? He's like, welcome to the Raiders. (laughs) Um, Okay, so um, at Bourbon Raiders, same guy, he asked me, he actually asked me one question. Yay. Actually, two. Um, He asked, how's your pregnancy going so far? And do you have future plans for TV again? Well, my pregnancy is going great. Thanks for asking. I have actually been pretty healthy with no concerns. Um, I'll be 37 weeks this weekend, so I'm down to the final stretch, not going to lie. Hoping little man comes like ASAP in the next week or two because I am so ready. My feet are so swollen, um, and I want to feel like semi-normal again. But all in all, I can't complain about this pregnancy. I haven't had all those you know, side effects like everybody said, those symptoms. I had slight nausea. In the beginning, but I haven't had it since my first trimester. I feel great. So can't complain about that. Um, As far as TV goes, I'm most definitely planning to get back on TV again. My husband's career has kind of forced me to take a little back seat to have my career take a little back seat, which is totally fine. I live in a small college town in Missouri, so... As you may assume, there isn't much opportunity here other than joining the local news. Um, But I've been there, done that. Ain't going to do that again. But I'm actually, for those who don't know, I guess I have never shared this, but I'm actually the marketing director for a certain department, which shall remain nameless, um, on Mizzou's campus. So that's been a nice change of pace. But I do want to get back on TV. I know um, this is not going to be forever. I won't be here in Mizzou forever. And God has a plan for me, so we shall see. But I'm going to soak up all this time that I have with my son, being a first-time mom, which I am super excited about. Um, So this will definitely be a change for me. And hey, who knows? Maybe I'll have this kid, James. I'll be like, never mind. I like raising kids. Maybe I'll want (laughs) to be a full-time mom. We'll see. So yeah, but thanks for asking, guys. My my, uh, pregnancy is going well, and I can't wait for my little son. You're going to be a great mom. You're going to enjoy it. This is probably going to be one of our last podcasts in like uh, for a while, because we'll see if he comes next week. Oh, come on, little man. Come on. Help me Uh, out. Hater. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. Anyways. um, Okay. Moving on. Next question is from Jose Guillen. He wants to know how much of an impact or upgrade should we expect from our D-line's play with Marinelli coaching? Um, Let me tell you one thing I know about Marinelli. There is not going to be a D-line in National Football League that is going to play harder than the Raiders. And that's what Coach Marinelli brings. Marinelli teaches energy and effort 24-7 every single day of the week and that rubs off on his players so what we can expect we can expect an o-line that's going to go from whistle to whistle and sometimes even after the whistle to get the job done but i think our o-line our d-line is going to be much improved and the reason why i say that is because of the offense 
I think they're going to be in a lot of games this year where they could just pin their ears back and go get after the quarterback and play some football because of the Ferrari that they're building on offense. And that's going to be a positive for that D-line. But ain't nobody, ain't no D-line going to play harder than them. Marinelli brings that, and that always rubs off on his players. It always has, and it always will. I like it. The next one is from Chris, at WhiteGuy23. <laughs> nice name. Okay. Uh, should the Raiders take a chance and sign Jadavion Clowney or Logan Ryan if they had cap room to do so? Hashtag keeping it 300. Well, no on Clowney because he wants too much money, and it was already reported that the Raiders aren't going after him. Um, as far as Logan Ryan goes, we discussed this actually last month, James, if you remember. Yeah. Um, I like him as a player. He had a big year with the Titans, but he also primarily played in the slot, you know, with Tennessee. And the Raiders already have LaMarcus Joyner, and they just drafted Amik Robertson, who plays slot and was the highest graded corner in the draft and considered a huge, huge, huge deal for the Raiders. So um, if you can get him for cheap, of course, I'm all for it because, you know, the depth and stuff, but it's not a necessity. And yeah. Again, don't forget he came out and said that he wanted ten million dollars, and that's why he's still on the market. If he, if both of these guys are there for the price, and it, this continues to go on, and yeah, take a shot at them, try to offer them what you want to offer them. But as of right now, what they want and what they are trying to get, no. Yeah, that's why no one has signed them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Paper Tiger wants to know, can our offense be effective without Josh Jacobs? Can we control a game and score enough points to win if he gets injured? Well, that's a good question, and that to me, that's TBD. You know what I'm saying? Because right mm-hmm. now you're going into the season and you're saying that you don't have everybody healthy, right? Yep. And we're gonna have we're gonna have six, seven men in the box trying to stop our big time running game. We're gonna throw that thing over your head, and it's gonna be a great combination. So to me, that's TBD. If he does go out there and he doesn't, you know, play in the game, and then that's when we're going to see the adjustments that Gruden makes to be able to put D.C. in this offense in a position to score some points. But to me, I feel like this is an offense where everybody needs to feed off of everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going the, the run game is going to be a complement to the pass game. You know, D.C. going to need Josh Jacobs. Must as Josh Jacobs going to need D.C. You know what I mean? If you want to get six, in, if you want to put seven in the box, we're going to kill you with the pass. You put six in the box, we're going to run it down your throat. You know what I mean? So we will see. That's a TBD for me. Hopefully we don't got to answer. Hopefully we ain't got to answer that. Let me see. <laughs> exactly. Hopefully we don't have to answer that question. Yeah. Okay, next up. At Lionheart2502, will there even be a football season this year? <laughs> yes. Okay, the NFL is probably the most tone-deaf league. I'm sorry, I'm just being completely 100 well, 300% honest, they're going to play. Regardless of what's going on in the world, it's happening. You're not going to stop the NFL with anything, in my opinion. Yeah, the offseason workouts and, you know, all the OTAs, minicamp have been, you know, scratched. But regardless, the season is going to start. Now, maybe the question is, James, you think there will be a delay in the start? Uh, That's a good question. Um... I don't think so. I think all this stuff is going to be over by the time training camp and all that stuff gets to rolling around. And I think everything's going to be on place to play these games. Um, as you can see, a lot of a lot of these states and stuff is opening slowly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So everybody's trying to, trying to get into phase one and things like that. So I think by the time training camp comes around, I think this will all be smoothed out. We'll be ready to go and, and it'll kind of be over. At least that's what I'm hoping. But you know, I think once this stuff gets done and training camp gets gets started, this, this it'll smooth everything out. We'll know if we really gonna get at it. Yes. Okay. We will wait and see. 
Next up, at Alprez underscore Steve. You're going to like this one. I'm a big car fan, like it. But if this upcoming season we fall short, don't make the playoffs, would you consider moving forward from Carr and drafting a quarterback? Here's the thing, guys. If Carr is healthy, his weapons on offense are healthy. We talk about everybody being healthy and there's nothing crazy going on. And the Raiders don't make the playoffs. Yes, of course you consider moving on from Carr because you're like, all right, this, you know, this is a make or break year. We've said that for the last couple years. But then, you know, last year there was a lot of things that happened that you have to take into consideration. So that's why I say this year's a make or break year. But this is the thing. I have all the confidence in the world that if you have a healthy car, offensive line protects him. And with all the weapons that he has and the Raiders made several upgrades on defense, there's no way in heck the Raiders are missing the playoffs. Yeah. I, I don't see that happening at all this year. And and number one, I mean, even if they do miss the playoffs, for me to draft a quarterback, Derek Carr has to play terrible. You know, if Derek Carr is doing his part and he's making plays and the defense ain't stopping nobody and he's in games 35 to 35 and stuff like that, that's not on D.C. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's all about how the season plays out. Now, we all big believers in D.C., so I think he's going to get it done. But I think D.C. is going to be too good this year, whether you make the playoffs or not, to turn away from him, period. You know what I mean? And I don't think it's a quarterback out there that you're going to say, all right, he's going to take us to the playoffs right when he get in the building. What about you know if what they I mean? do the whole, like, Marcus Mariota, they end up believing in him? Well, if they do that, that means Derek Carr didn't do his job, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, if you leave Derek Carr and you go to Marcus Mariota, that means D.C. didn't have a good year. And I don't think that that's going to happen. I think D.C. going to play at a high level. He's going to play at a Pro Bowl level, and he's going to go out there and he's going to make some plays. You know, obviously, I think they're going to make the playoffs. But even if they don't and he plays at a higher level, they ain't going to go, they ain't going to go away from it. With him. the potential this team has, I honestly think Derek Carr will be in the MVP conversation like he was in 2016. Yeah. I, I believe that. And he's that type, and he's that type player. I, th- I agree. So we shall see. Hopefully nothing crazy happens, okay? Not like all these receivers go off the wall and go left and yeah. we have some drama at training camp. Okay, let's hopefully that don't happen. But uh, we'll wrap up with a final tweet from James. Uh, final tweet for James. Pregnancy brain. I'm telling you, I've been, like, terrible. <laughs> um, anyways, at rnick87. Did James Jones ever meet Tim Brown or Jerry Rice? And if so, did they talk about the Raiders? Uh, I met Tim Brown at a Raider game. So, you know, Tim Brown is all about the Raiders. Um, I've met Jerry plenty of times, but I never sat out and talked about the Raiders uh, with Jerry. It was all about just talking about football, receiver stuff, and stuff like that. Never just sat out and talked about the Raiders. But when I first met Tim Brown, that's all he was talking about, man. Welcome me to the black hole. Welcome me to the Raiders and all that type stuff, man. Happy to have me and we just you know share some stories man and i told him how much i looked up to him used to watch him play and all that type stuff you know so it was that but with jerry was just normal receiver stuff receiver talk but yeah tim brown is a raider he was trying to sell you basically on the silver and black is that what you're saying (laughs) well he wasn't selling me because i was already there but he was just talking to me man just just how good this organization is man and the fan base and all that and how you know lucky both of us were to be able to play there Okay, I like it. Uh, the other question he has for you, does James see a little Wayne Krebet in Hunter Renfro? I remember the longtime no. Jets. Re- oh, you're like, no. Hold no. <laughs> <Why> on. <laughs> no, no. But what I, what I do see is Wes Welker. Yeah, you said that. I don't that. see Wayne Krebet, but I've been saying since, since Hunter got in the league, he reminds me of a more explosive Wes Welker. And that's what I see when I see him. Corbett, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. 
I was laughing at how you shut it down real quick. Okay. Uh, final question from uh, Raider Nick, 87. Who was the toughest corner James went up against? Besides C. Wood. Besides C. Wood. Besides C. Wood, it's crazy um, that you asked this question. Because besides C. Wood, it was another Raider. And um, um, you guys will remember this name when I say his name. But his name is Namdi Asamoa. When I first played Namdi, when Namdi was playing at his at the highest level in the National Football League, when he was one of the best corners in the National Football League, all he did was press coverage. All he did was follow the guys and play a man-to-man press. And if it's one thing that a receiver hates, mm-hmm. he hates tall, long yep. cornerbacks, mm-hmm. right? Because it don't matter how far you off the line of scrimmage, when you start to get in your route or you start to release off the line of scrimmage, they're so long, mm-hmm. their arms are so long, they're able to get their hands on you, which we hate. Yes. And they're able to redirect you. And Namdi Asama gave me so many problems at the line of scrimmage. I absolutely hated going up against him. He was so long, so tall. I mean, he had very good feet, and he was just hard to get around and make plays on. And that's why a lot of guys now on GMs and all that want them tall corners. They want them Richard Shermans. They want the guys like that because they're long, they tall, you know, and they hard to get around. So – he was probably one of my toughest dudes to face. Oh, that really was surprising, Namdi. I wish he had a longer career, man. Yeah, he went to the Eagles and they tried to put him in that zone coverage, and that's not what Namdi does. Yeah, nope. He reminds me of another corner that I had trouble with in Al Dirty Harris. Oh, yeah. Very tall, very long, smart, quick, but you got to leave him in man to man. Don't put me in no zone. Let me guard this dude in front of me. I remember actually covering the Raiders when he ended up retiring. I don't know if you remember, he signed like a one day contract with the Raiders and then retired. Yeah. He's married to Kerry Washington, so he's having a great life <laughs> post, yeah. post football. He's all good. Um, anyways, thanks for carrying the show, James. You know, this pregnancy brain, I'm a little, little rough right now. <laughs> I, try to do, I try to do what I can do when I can do uh, it, you know. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keep It at 300. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you haven't done so already please rate us and write a review we would really appreciate it till next time for james i'm fallon we out Peace.